Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. This week's episode, we're joined by Robert Norton, CEO of VerisArt, their company that certifies art authenticity through blockchain technology. We originally had Robert on the podcast in 2016, just after he founded the company. We wanted to have him back on to update us on how things are going. I think, in particular, it's very interesting. You know, you can think what you want about blockchain and all the buzzwords, but when it comes to art, authenticity is very important. And if there is some kind of technology that can enable us to more easily authenticate artworks and to make transactions, whether it's even directly from galleries or privately, go smoother and buyers and sellers can feel more confident and not have to worry about authenticity issues. And I think that's, you know, a major plus for the art world. And so we like to have people on the podcast like Robert to talk about art authenticity programs and technologies and where those things are. I think it's still kind of niche, but Eventually, I do believe that whether it's Verisart or another company, uh, they will be prolific um, and within the art world, and people will be using some kind of blockchain art authenticity solution to authenticate artworks. So we talked to Robert about how things have changed at Verisart since 2016. They've done a lot of really interesting partnerships with auction houses with a huge e-commerce platform ebay they also have partnered with artists directly when they do limited edition runs um one in particular that we talked about in detail was iway way who recently released a limited edition um work and iowa partnered with veris art so each person who purchased the artwork received a certification from veris art and if they want to sell the work in the future, then they can do so by transferring that authentic certificate uh, to the buyer of the work through VerisArt. And Robert really explains how that process works, which I think is interesting and important. And we also talk about how VerisArt's different than some other some of the other blockchain companies that are focused on authenticity in the art world. And lastly, I just try to get Robert's sense as to where the art world is. How important of an issue is this to the art world right now and specifically how are they looking at blockchain to be a solution for art authenticity is this something that they see as a short-term fix that really needs to be resolved in the very near future or is this more of a long-term play and if it is how far along are we on that journey so we hope you enjoy the episode thanks so much robert thanks for speaking with us great to be here adam good to be back yeah, it was, I think, in 2016 when we had you on to talk about VerisArt. Um, you know, it was just early times in the company. Um, we wanted to get you back on and catch up and see how things are going as, you know, blockchain technology. You know, it's a really interesting um, area of the art world. So for our listeners maybe who haven't heard that episode back in 2016, first, tell us a little bit about VerisArt and what exactly it is that you do. Sure. So we're in the business of moving people away from reliances on pieces of paper, paper-based certificates of authenticity, towards secure digital identity for artworks and collectibles. And we do this using the blockchain, which is a distributed infrastructure, uh, distributed ledger technology that we believe is the best basis for making these claims of ownership and claims of creation in the art market. And so, as we said, we had you on in 2016. How have things at Verisart evolved since then? 
Well, in 2016, we had just launched, at the beginning of that, it, that year, um, a kind of proof of concept, which was a mobile app that we gave free to artists to see how easy it would be for them to create records um, or certificates of authenticity at the time of creation. Um, because if you remember, the big issue in the art market is that records are often not created at the time of creation. And that causes huge problems further down the road. It creates um, lack of trust. And it also creates the inability for often those um, estates that the artists bequeathed in their will, uh, often creates inability for those estates to actually um, be categorical about the verification of those artworks. And, you know, the situation we find ourselves in today is that many of the great um, artists' estates of the 20th century, Liechtenstein, Basquiat, Rauschenberg, Warhol, um, Bourgeois, and others, refuse to authenticate their own artists' works. And clearly, you know, we see this as uh, evidence that it's a system that is broken, and that one can be improved through um, the use of technology. So, to answer your question in terms of like what, uh, what's happened between then and now, um, we're seeing slowly the art world waking up to embracing this technology. Uh, we see it at the auction houses and some of the recent sales at Christie's that have used blockchain records um, uh, as a kind of post-sale service. Uh, from our point of view, we were the first blockchain business to work in any capacity with eBay last year. We certified over 3,000 editions by the artist Ai Weiwei, which were released to um, benefit uh, Public Art Fund on World Refugee Day, which was um, uh, June 20th last year. And um, we're starting to do real uh, partnership deals. Uh, we work with the online auction house Tattle 8 on a multi-year basis. We also have a multi-year distribution agreement with Art Systems, one of the leading inventory management providers uh, to the art market. Um, and, you know, whether it's at the highest level, the likes of Sotheby's and Christie's starting to take uh, seriously this technology, or whether it's kind of at the lower level and limited edition e-commerce marketplaces online um, or online-only um, transaction platforms, um, using this technology, I think it's starting to break through. But as with anything in the art market, it takes a long time for adoption to really kick in. Um, but out of my experience, this is uh, a very fertile environment and a technology that really has a significant um, set of advantages and um, uh, a great deal of promise. So I wanted to follow up with you on the Iowa way. I remember that was the sculpture of the middle finger. Uh, is that right? Is that what that was? Actually, that was the first one they did. Um, they sold that for $750, and it was an addition of 1000 It sold out very, very quickly. Um, but the subsequent work were these kind of large panels, these kind of um, um, large uh, printed um, kind of vinyl banners, uh, of different kind of well-known um, uh, re refugees. Uh, so Sigmund Freud was one of them. Um, and there were about six different uh, faces that Ai Weiwei chose to highlight. And actually, it was because of 
the fraudulent activity that happened with that finger, the first sale of Ai Weiwei, that eBay was specifically looking to um, increase their uh, certification practice, so to speak, with regards to the sale of this artist edition's work uh, to customers on eBay. They were looking for a way to um, prevent uh, or curtail unauthorized uh, reproductions from being able to pass themselves off as real. Um, and so, you know, if you Google uh, Verisart and uh, eBay, you'll see that there's a good page that's mentioned that's hosted by eBay that tells their customers about um, their choice of Verisart as a blockchain certification provider, and then explaining what blockchain is, why it's useful from an artwork's um, certification standpoint. And what was so fascinating about that eBay deal is that it was the first time we'd really gone direct to consumer with this proposition. Um, and it was a rather cumbersome process because we were not fully integrated. Um, and therefore, what happened was that the um, buyer had to actually get sent an email by eBay saying, would you like to claim your certificate? You know, thank you for your purchase. And then the user landed on a co-branded landing page with um, eBay and Verifa, and then they claimed their certificate. So in a way, we made the user jump through a hoop, but 70% of people jumped through that hoop. And that was much higher uh, take-up rate than we initially kind of forecast. And what it showed us is that people do care about certification. People are looking for you know, the most trusted um, uh, record in order to preserve the value of the work, and expedite the time it's going to take to transact that work in future. And one was so fascinating was that only, we only had two people call in or email us about the service with questions. And in both cases, the same question, it was the same question, how do I print out my, my digital record? So even though we've built a large digital infrastructure, and we believe it's much more um, attuned and, and, and easy to use than reliance on pieces of paper, one can't underestimate um, the power of uh, habit and people still do want to print out these records. And luckily we enable that very easily on Verisol. Yeah, I think this is, you know, really interesting. There's a lot of, you know, there are more and more artists now that are making these limited edition, you know, works, figures, sculptures that sell out really quickly. And then you do see uh, fakes on the market. And it's, it, you know, it's really hard to differentiate between what's real and what's fake because the fakes are so good. And really, you know, the only way really to be able to differentiate is through something like a certificate that you're describing. Um, let me ask, it's kind of a simple question, but I think so many of our listeners probably have still not engaged with blockchain technology directly. So with that IOA experience, for example, how does it exactly work in terms of um, the process of acquiring that certificate? And is it something that's just available through you know, a login on Verisart, or how, how do they access that certificate? Yeah, it's a great question. We made the decision very early on that ease of use was the most important uh, aim and goal in which we were going to build our service around. We didn't want to make um, people have to rely on maintaining their own private keys at this stage. Private keys are typically the um, kind of unique private key that allows you to unlock your value in a uh, blockchain transaction. And from my experience, having been co-founder and CEO 
of um, Saatchi Online and then Sedition, I knew that this market couldn't really be relied upon to maintain its own private keys um, because many times we had people that just you know, mistook, um, misplaced their password, had to have it reset. So we opted for a, um, a login. Uh, so the login uh, is associated with your set of keys, which um, allow users to easily uh, log in, view their certificate, update their certificate, and now transfer their certificate. So that's a change that we didn't have in our stack when we first spoke. And let me just kind of explain what a certificate of authenticity is um, on Verisart or how we handle it, which is a little bit different to how you might imagine it on a piece of paper. So just on a piece like a piece of paper, you will have the artist's name, the title, the year of production, the medium, the materials, the dimensions. But on Verisart, you have a few other things. You have a timestamp, which in our case comes from the Bitcoin blockchain. You have a block um, address, where this uh, hash of this data and the timestamp comes from. And you have a URL that's hosted at Verisart. And finally, you have uh, a public key, which is associated with that user identity. So it's kind of like uh, a certificate on steroids because you have this additional layer of trust that is wrapped around the core underlying data. Got it. And so if I... You know, if I had purchased one of these IOA works, I would receive the certificate. And then, as you said, you will now allow for the transfer of it. So if I then sold this, or if, let's say I'm trying to buy one of these IOA artworks that you uh, that he released and you worked on, you know, privately on the secondary market, I sh- what I should do is, if I buy it, say I also want that block, t- I want the uh, certificate transferred to me. And then presumably the seller yeah. can easily do that. Is that, is that right? Exactly. So the seller can just email it to you um, and then you uh, sign in and claim that certificate and now it's owned by you. It's a little bit more of a complicated process in the sense of the the way the certificate gets relinquished, it kind of goes into escrow and then when you claim it, it becomes yours um, and a new set of keys are associated with the ownership of that certificate. But what's so interesting, this is why blockchain is, is, is so relevant here, is that when you get the certificate, you're now in control of it, but you will see when the certificate was first issued, you'll see the transfer date, and now it will be in your hands. And you can add information to that record. You might want to update the image. You might want to take a picture of it in situ. Uh, Whatever you wish to do at that point, it becomes your record until it moves on to the next person, and then you no longer have access to update or transfer the record. And then you all you said you you mentioned that you also partnered with Padalate, which I think is really interesting because I think you know auction houses are really they're a clearing house for so many artworks um, that are you know aren't new that have you know been on the secondary market, and I think you know they're doing some type of certification in terms of authenticity um, for them to be able to sell it. Um, so it's a great way, in my opinion, to you know, implement this blockchain um, during this time to a, the new buyer and then they can carry it with them and kind of go uh, go on and on and on forever. Um, how did you partner with Padalate? And yeah, I'm just also curious your thoughts on, you know, auction houses, importance, um, you know, to making blockchain, you know, a commonplace thing in the art world, given all the volume that they handle. Yeah, I think that the auction houses um, tend to move quite slowly, but they are definitely moving 
in this um, in this direction. Um, you know, what's so interesting, if you look at the Hiscox uh, online art report uh, that came out just a week ago, um, 62% of online art buyers noted that forgeries and fakes were a real concern for them. That's an increase of 10% from last year. So it's almost two-thirds of people online are concerned about forgery and fakes. And, you know, some of the big auction houses have great brands and people will trust those brands. And yet, even those brands themselves have concerns about, at times, what they're selling. So I really think it's in everybody's interest to adopt um, better certification standards, um, whether it's a kind of pre-sales um, uh, trust point or whether it's a post-sales trust point. I don't think it really matters. As long as we are actively working together to um, build a stronger art market, because a stronger art market is a more trusted art market, and a more trusted art market is more liquid. I think everybody benefits, the, the artists, the dealers, and the collectors. So in terms of Paddle 8, we were actually the first blockchain uh, provider to work with an auction house, and it was the online auction house Paddle 8. And it came about because um, they were initially committed to building this technology in-house, but when they met with us and saw what we had built and saw the fact that we had an API, we're now on version two of our API, and we published that API, you can see it at verisart.com, um, they, they basically said, look, you, you guys have done a great job. Uh, you've integrated with the Bitcoin blockchain. You've integrated image recognition. You've got structured data. You're using um, ULAN, AAT, which is kind of Getty Research Institute standards for documenting and classifying cultural objects. Um, and so they used our system. And so we basically power the P8 Pass, which is a post-auction sales service for their customers. Um, and we're sort of year two into that relationship. And I, yeah, it sounds really interesting. I also wanted to ask you, just given your position, what your interaction, where you think we are right now with gallery, just overall kind of with galleries, auction houses and artists, it seems like you're engaging with them at different levels in terms of how important they think, um, you know, introducing this blockchain is um, or how far along they are with it. Do you feel like we're, you know, on the, we're just starting off. We have, you know, kind of years to go. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious your, what the conversations are like and, you know, how important uh, they view it as a short-term thing versus more of a long-term solution. I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but, um, you know, Paddle are on the record for saying that they believe that this partnership um, significantly reduces um, transaction costs for trade of art collectibles and broadens the art market. Um, we also work with DAX, the Design Artist Copyright Society in the UK, um, and they also are, you know, excited about how you can build confidence in the art market through more trusted certification and provenance data. But look, three years ago when we first um, spoke, people didn't know what blockchain was. The average kind of person, certainly in the art market, I had to start contextualizing the word blockchain by describing Bitcoin, the payment application that runs on blockchain. I think we've come a long way in terms of the understanding. And I think what's really clear is that the application of this technology is actually very well suited to the art market because of the fact that the source of authority often changes over time from an artist studio to a gallery to a museum or an estate and, and, and so forth. So 
What I think has happened in the last few years is that there is much more availability to data uh, than ever before. And, you know, we're seeing that in terms of uh, aggregated um, pricing platforms and uh, aggregated kind of price research platforms. And I think this, um, uh, this, this availability of data um, is kind of getting everybody a little bit more on board with providing the best data possible for their objects and for the transaction of those objects. And I think you'll see um, significant advances uh, across the auction houses um, as they, too, work on their own APIs and um, to determine to what extent they're going to be feeding data back into the market and making it easy to ingest data from different sources, you know, whether it's valuations or insurance uh, or exhibitions. I think that there's going to be a lot of standards that um, companies will be able to benefit from by working together. Robert, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and updating us as to what's happening at VerisArt, as well as just hearing your thoughts on blockchain and you know where we are with it in the art world and the potential it has in the future. If our listeners, whether they're collectors or that maybe they work at auction houses or galleries or dealers, want to learn more about VerisArt, so what's the website they can visit? Well, it's VerisArt.com. Thank you so much. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks again, Robert. Appreciate it.